Am I on? Yes. Good morning. Welcome to our worship service today, our later service. I want to remind you of a couple of things that are really important. One, and the most important thing is Tuesday, be here for pancakes. <laughs> Pancake supper, United Methodist men, is this Tuesday at 530 don't forget, the, don't forget that uh, coming up on the fifth Sunday, we will have our children's Sabbath, and we have combined service inside here in the sanctuary at 10, one service that day. Don't forget that. Uh, the nominations committee, if you have a report that you are to submit, I, wish, I really wish you would start working on those and submit them. And uh, also, we, are, we need to know back... Uh, about the ones that we asked to fill in positions. I know some of you need to email me and let me know that. We are in dire need of someone to be the setup and refreshment coordinator for the nine o'clock service. If you, if you think you'd like to be that and you would prayerfully consider that and let me know. Coming up, uh, before you know it, will be our monthly uh, fellowship supper. And I just wanted to let you know that we had the best attendance we've had in a long, long time. And so once you know you can start registering right now for the meal, there'll be something in the uh, bulletin about that meal this coming week. Katie Moore who attend, and her family who attends the early service has led Disciple Bible Study uh, before at the church she came from in Fletcher, North Carolina, and she would like very much to lead another Disciple Bible Study. And so she, she will have, uh, there'll be more information about this in next week's bulletin, but just to let you know that uh, Disciple Bible Study, she wants to begin it on Sunday evenings at 5.30 on September 29th. And if you're interested, you could either let the, call the office or you could uh, call Katie directly and she, her number will be in next week's bulletin, but I'm gonna give it to you, anyone who might can retain these numbers real fast, 469-3254, 469-3254. And now before we begin our worship, we will have the United Methodist women will come up and make their presentation today. Ellen. Good morning. Each year the United Methodist Women recognizes two individuals who are um, outstanding volunteers and workers in the community as well as the church. And this morning we'd like to recognize two of those individuals. These awards are voted on in June and then we present the pins either late August or early September. So we are um, really happy to be presenting them this morning. First person is a native of Greer who grew up in Memorial Methodist Church. She graduated from Greer High School in 1970. She graduated from Columbia College in 1974, where she was involved in many campus organizations and was the recipient of the highest award presented to a Columbia College student based on character, leadership, and spiritual values. She went on to earn her master's degree at the University of South Carolina in learning disabilities. Her mother, who was also a member of Memorial up until her death, was the first special education teacher in the Greer schools. She shared her mother's love and compassion for challenged students 
Following in her footsteps as a teacher in special education disabilities and also as an elementary school teacher. She and her husband moved back to Greer in 1989 and joined Memorial. She is the mother of a son and two daughters who also grew up in this church. She is currently the chairperson of the worship committee and serves on the council of ministries and the administrative board. She is a member of the Magnolia Circle and she also served as chairperson of the Magnolia Circle where she led and helped lead a project for making and sending dresses to the children in Africa. She serves on the board of directors of the Christian, Greer Christian Learning Center. She is also a member of the advisory board of the Greer Hospital. She has served for many years as a volunteer for Greer Community Ministries, delivering meals on the same route that her late father had for many years. <coughs> so Ruth. So one of our recipients this morning is Ruth Griffin. So Ruth, if you'd come forward. recipient was, was promoted from the cradle role at Zor Methodist Church to the beginner's class in August, on August the 20th, 1928, at the age of four. Soon after his parents, Alvin and Irene, moved their membership to Memorial Methodist Church, and in this church they raised five children, four of whom remained in Greer and were lifetime members. Memorial had a central role in the family's life. He was an active member of Memorial. He was loyal to the Ballinger Duncan Sunday School class and treasured the, the friendship of its members. He served throughout his life on various committees and boards, including the administrative board, and was a lay leader. He was dedicated to mission work. If you knew someone needed help, he offered it. He traveled with church mission groups wherever they were needed, to McClellanville after Hugo, to Appalachia, to Jonesville, Virginia, to roof a house, build a porch, or cook breakfast for the crew. Reports say that he often kept the crew up late into the night, enjoying talking and telling stories. Those who knew him know the reports were true. Later in his life, his mission work changed. His telephone became his lifeline. He kept in touch with members of the church and others to share good memories and good news or to express concern and offer help in difficult times. He offered his friendship to all. His own words, in a letter written several years ago, express what he saw as his mission. I have learned that service to humanity is the best work of life. Caring for others gives meaning and purpose to my life. My parents, teachers, and friends have given me examples that have inspired me to give back to others what has so freely been given to me with Christian love and understanding. I want to give my witness to the Lord of my life in the living of these days of my life. I am thrilled to share this letter to tell of his love, 
that I have in my heart for each of you. May you be inspired to feel God's love and share your feelings with others. This was presented to Broadus Dobson on August the 15th. So our second recipient this year was Broadus Dobson. Thank you.
be with you. Let us pray together. Blessed Lord, who has caused all Holy Scripture to be written for our learning, grant that we may hear, read, learn, and inwardly digest by patience and comfort thy holy word, so we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life found in the Savior, Christ our Lord. Amen. join our voices as we affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. children come forward. fellas. Good morning, Noah. Good morning. Do you like to put puzzles together? You do? You do too? Okay. I brought one this morning. I want to show it to you. Show you the parts of the puzzle. Look, it's got lots of different, lots of different colors, shapes, sizes. Okay, hold on to that thought. If I hold up one piece of a puzzle, could you tell from one piece of a puzzle you think you know what it is? You do? I bet you do too. Could you tell what the puzzle's going to be when we finish by looking at one piece? Has to be a what? Has to be a corner, okay. And you're thinking, yep, it could be. Pretty smart answer there. Um, just like this puzzle has lots of different shapes and sizes and colors, look out there. Do you see lots of different colors? People wearing different color clothes. And we have everything from a baby to children to teenagers to young adults to older adults, and we have senior adults all in this one room. That's pretty neat, isn't it? Different shapes, different colors, different sizes. See some people wearing glasses? Some people not wearing glasses. You see some people have blonde hair. Noah's waving to you. Do you see some people have black hair, white hair? Y'all taught this much at home, do you? <laughs> no? Um, just
just like the pieces of the puzzle. If we just take one person, one person standing alone in this room would be important, but not nearly so as, as important as if we get everybody together. Because when God looks into this room each week, into our church, he sees all the different people, the different shapes, sizes, and you know what? Even though we're all different, when we all come together in God's house and learn about his love and learn how to show his love, we're all one. Just like when we finish putting all the pieces of a puzzle together, we become one picture. And what did you tell me you thought this picture was going to be? Noah's boat? Well, guess what? What is it? It's Noah's boat. Carol and Jim, y'all have a very smart son up here. He guessed from one piece of the puzzle what the answer was going to be. Do you have this puzzle at home? No? You just guessed from one piece? That's a pretty smart boy in my book now, I'm telling you. Well, after we have our prayer, I'm going to give you each a puzzle. And when you go home and put this puzzle together today, I want you to think about all the different parts that it takes to make this one pretty picture and think about all the different people in here that it takes to make this one pretty picture. Because when God looks in this church, he sees everybody, all the parts, all of us together, and we make how many? How many is that? One group, you're exactly right. All right, let's bow your heads and repeat after me, please. Dear God, even though we are all different, just like a puzzle, when we all work together, we become one in God's love. Amen. First scripture lesson is from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17, which is on page 1846 in your pew Bible. The Lord's grace to Paul. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. 
Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. Oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Almighty God, you are our refuge in troubles of the world. You look upon us from heaven and you deliver us. To you be honor and glory forever. Our worship is offered and we praise you this day and we offer our petitions and our confessions. You are the God whose abundance is beyond all knowing. The scripture says your grace is sufficient for every need. And still we look at our lives from the perspective of poverty. We worry about what we have and fear that others may seek to take it from us. How easily we forget that we too were lost and you came to find us. Blot out our transgressions, O God. Wipe away our sin. Give us a sense of joy and thankfulness for what we have in place of worrying about what others may have. And just as your spirit goes before us, leading us to new life, fill us with that same grace that we may seek out the lost and bring them along. Your love, we know, extends to all who are knocked down. And we hold before you many whom we have named in our prayer list and those that we name now in our hearts. Our love reaches out to those whose body aches, whose heart is weary or frightened, whose mind is confused or cast down. And in your healing mercy, Give strength to all those who suffer. Fill them with rejoicing at your making them whole. We acknowledge, O oh God, that you have transformed us. And yet we know that you can form us even more. So form us anew this day to accept your will as we pray in the name of Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe in giving as an act of worship. So let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. Give attention to the reading of God's Word. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home and calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friend and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for calling us here. We thank you for reminding how you have a heart for the lost. We thank you, O oh Lord, for your words to help us to have that same heart. In your name we pray, amen. Well, it was a cold October day, uh, as Fiona remembered it, as she wrote in her diary. And she was working as a shepherd apprentice and she was helping the chief shepherd, the head shepherd, check the fences of the sheep that were pasturing in the fenced-in area on the hilltop. Now it was important work to check on the sheep and it was also a good hike. But something was bothering Robert, the shepherd, the chief shepherd about the sheep. Something was not right. And he told Fiona to count the sheep. And so she did, and she came up with 49. So then he counted, and he came up with 49 also. What does this mean, she asked. One's missing. What does that mean, Fiona asked. We've got to find it, said Robert. And so they looked around the hilltop, and soon they spotted a break in the fence. And so peering beyond, he saw a sheep... Uh, uh, a, a steep limestone slope where a sheep might have gone. The terrain was rocky and covered with small uh, scrubby trees and it blocked the view to the bottom. And Robert said, I bet she's gone down there. And so the younger shepherd looked warily down the forbidding slope and offered up these words. Well, if she's fallen down there, she's probably died. And Robert replied, well, that might be true, but we just can't leave her. 
You know, all told on this uh, farm was a thousand sheep. It's a big flock. But even in a flock of a thousand sheep, it seemed there was no throwaways. And so Robert said to Fiona, we can't leave her. She's a valuable animal. She's a valuable animal. That phrase he would repeat several times that day. She's a valuable animal. So down the slope they clambered, making sure that the other 49 were secure. And, and they took with them their shepherd uh, ally, the sheepdog. And they slipped and slid down the muddy slope and rock to rock and hanging on to trees as they passed down. And finally at the bottom of the slope, they spotted the sheep lying behind some brush. And running to her, they found her to be hurt, but she was still alive. Clearly, she had fallen down the hill and could not get to her feet. She was suffering, but not so much that she might not recover. But the sheep could not walk, and she was far too heavy to be lifted, let alone be carried. And so Robert, the head shepherd, quickly laid out a plan. He said, Fiona, you stay here with her. Keep her from rolling onto her side, because if she rolls onto her side, she would die of bloat. And I'll walk back along the base of the slope, back to the home, to the house. I'll call the veterinarian, and I'll return with a tractor and a trailer and some help, and we'll fetch this sheep. Well, Fiona, quite expectedly was a little bit wary of this plan and she offered up these words well what about all the fencing that we were going to repair this day and the other chores uh, can't, shouldn't we go about that instead and Robert replied all the other work on the farm stops because she's a valuable animal and so Robert sat along the base of the slope and he cleared a path as he went for the tractor and and Fiona, she sat there, bracing herself to keep from falling. She sat there and held the sheep. It was cold, it was muddy. She was sore from the exertion. The sheep was heavy. She had to brace her leg against a tree so that she could really hold the sheep and not fall off the rest of the cliff. The dog sat next to her and wagged his tail and barked every so often like dogs will do and kept her company. For almost two hours, Fiona sat there and she spoke to the sheep and to herself, let's not worry, everything will be all right. But the day seemed to lengthen. She cast her eyes skyward you know it was England, after all, and it was October. So she made a silent prayer. Please, Lord, don't let it rain now. Don't let it rain. Finally, she heard the tractor coming. She saw Robert and an extra shepherd and the trailer, and she was most encouraged and they lifted the sheep up and they put Fiona in the back with her and there she was, 
happy and encouraged, and so she tried to make the sheep happy and encouraged, and they made their way back to the barn. And there they found a bunch of others who had gathered, and they were cheering them. And she writes in her diary, we were treated like heroes with this sheep. The people kept congratulating uh, Robert on finding the sheep and bringing her back. And all the people said the same thing, Fiona writes. Over and over they would say, she's very valuable to us. Very valuable. And from this story of this valuable sheep, we can see and understand the story of the lost shepherd as we understand how God looks upon that lost one like Robert as very valuable. So valuable, in fact, that Jesus came down to save us bloat sheep. And like Robert and these other shepherds who rejoiced in this story that Fiona tells so well, Jesus says, and when the shepherd finds the sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And he calls his friends and his neighbors together, and he says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. What person among us would not do this? Which one of you would not rejoice? God rejoices over each of us. But God especially rejoices over those who have been lost and are now found. And I believe if we're honest with ourselves, God's love for the lost is not easily grasped. And it may even be harder for us to accept for us to find out that God views those lost as worthy of his attention boggles our mind. But here it is. The good shepherd who searches for the lost sheep. The woman who searches the house over for her lost coin. And there's no doubt that many are lost. They're lost for various reasons. They're, they're lost by folly like the sheep. They're lost by carelessness like a coin. They're they're lost by willfulness like the prodigal son. But being lost does not mean that they cannot be found, nor does being lost mean that one cannot be restored. What is much harder, I think, is to understand that we too have wandered down that road and become lost. Because it's a lost path that lures us into thinking that we're self-sufficient, it's a false and lost path that lures us into thinking that we do not need God. And this lost path, many wander down it today. But when Jesus Christ was revealed to us, it was for this very reason, to seek us in our lost situations. When you think about it, it really just boils down to this concept. The concept of worth. Individual worth. And it's hard to grasp God's concept of worth. But when we fail to see the individual, we become a nameless lost group ourselves. 
We must not fail to understand that each individual is worthy of our love because the Good Shepherd has said that it's worthy of his love. It's important for us to be reminded that Christ did not say, I have 99 doing okay, so I'll forget about this one. No, he is not satisfied with a acceptable percentage, no more than Robert, our unflappable shepherd, was. No more than a parent could ever accept one missing child. We must not be satisfied. In God's eyes, each of one is like the only one that matters. And Jesus explains to us that all the heavenly kingdom's energies and resources are turned on to find that one lost. And as followers of Jesus Christ, so should I, our energies and resources be turned on to that. Each one reaching one. Each one reaching one. Nothing is on God's mind more than one misfit who has lost his saltiness, missing and going in the wrong direction. We need to recapture the discovery of joy. This discovery of that one who's gone the wrong way and is turned and found to be on the right path. This joy of discovery is an activity that brings rejoicing in heaven. Think about that. This activity causes angels to shout and rejoice in heaven. That's what Jesus just said. I don't know about you, but I can't think of anything I would rather do than to cause the angels to rejoice and to shout over something that I had a part in doing. Yes, it was a cool October day when Fiona walked with the head shepherd into the hills to mend the fence to look for the lost sheep. You are valuable. God is seeking you. The God who eats with tax collectors and sinners, the Lord who offers up his own body, his own blood, to save and give life to his sheep. Friends, pray not only for the lost sheep. Pray as well for those who do not value the lost sheep. Pray for those who cannot understand how God rejoices with all the angels in heaven when even one of them comes home. Pray that you will get a heart for the lost sheep of our flock, of our community, of our world. Maybe you were lost. Or maybe you're feeling lost. You can come home too. God is waiting to pick you up and carry you home. Amen.